0: Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, the king is dead. Long live the Origami King! It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including the reveal of a new Paper Mario game. And then on Thursday, we are going to be ranking Nintendo
1: RPG heroes. But in the meantime, Mark, how you doing? I'm doing so good, Patrick. Um, Can I tell you, like, a weird what I think is a weird casualty? of uh the whole like COVID 19 thing sure please okay so um in the building i live in next to it on the roof they have like giant neon letters that like spell out the name of the building and they're like green and so um ever since we've moved in at night our apartment is basically like that scene in vertigo where um like Jimmy Stewart has forced like Kim Novak, you know, to uh, change Uh her hair and clothes and everything to look like the woman he thinks is dead. And it's like the sign outside is like flashing that green. That's basically what our apartment was like. And then just like a couple of weeks ago, it stopped. They just stopped turning it on at night. And I'm like, is this Hmm. like, is it a cost saving measure? I don't know. I had gotten so used to it. And now it's just like not there. It's interesting that
0: you classify that as a casualty. I would think that that is like a benefit of the quarantine <laughs> is that you no longer have to deal with this green light pouring well, into it's your weird. windows.
1: I mean, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't really like that bad. It was like street light, except it would be green. But the, uh, the difference was like, it was actually kind of nice because it would be on all night and then it would turn off at like four or five. So if I got up to use the bathroom and it was off, I didn't have to check my phone. I knew that it was after like five o'clock. Sure.
0: I mean, if that's the only piece of information that you wanted (laughs) (laughs) is whether or not it's that. Can I tell you the uh, the strange uh, casualty of quarantine that that uh, I experienced just yesterday? Um, We have a uh, an ice cream shop near us called Wanderlust um, that I like quite a bit. Um, And uh, a couple weeks ago, we ordered three pints of ice cream from them, um, and we 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 did this again uh, yesterday, and we ordered a um a, what what all did we order like a, a the japanese neapolitan the uh uh two two other flavors um and they were like ooh sorry we're out of one of those flavors and we we're like okay well we'll substitute it this is what it was we weren't going to get the japanese neapolitan we were going to get three other flavors and they said like okay we don't have that one flavor and i was like all right uh fine we'll substitute it with japanese neapolitan but there was no place to say like we're substitute this one with Japanese Neapolitan and leave the other two the same. So instead, we got three separate pints of Japanese Neapolitan, which is three flavors in one still, so like it's kind of okay. It's just not what I wanted exactly. Speaking of not what I wanted exactly, my copy of Sonic Forces, would you like to borrow it? You can. All you got to do... It, well, you can get on a list to borrow it someday. <laughs> All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com gmail.com and give us a mailing address where I can send my copy of this game for you to play on your Nintendo Switch for as long as you like. You send it back, uh, and it's the perfect program. Perhaps undercutting its perfection a little bit is the fact that you could if you wanted to. And again I'm, I I I am not telling you how to spend your money. Uh, I'm not trying to give advice here. But if you would like to buy Sonic Forces on the Nintendo Switch eShop, it is on sale for $9.99. Um, now Mark, you may ask yourself, uh, how much more expensive is that than uh Patrick sending his copy to me? Uh, and it's about the same. It's it's about that's about
1: how much it cost me to do it. <laughs> right. It's about the same for you, for somebody yes. else. Yes, that's right. <laughs> it's uh, That's right. It's like Ten dollars. Oh, I will also say that Sonic Mania is ten bucks as well. So that is also true. You know, like really weigh your options. But we have full faith that whatever you decide is correct for you. Right.
0: And hey, look, if you if you're like if you want to buy the game and borrow my copy, that is fine. This is an offer that we make. And someday I will go back to the post office and the
1: the program will be alive once again. Just on hiatus, and really, I, I understand the urge, even if you buy the game, to want to be part of a perfect program. So,
0: it's uh, it's so rare that you can be part of anything that's perfect, or even approaching perfection. So, like, I I do get it. Um, speaking of approaching perfection, uh, thank you to everyone who has been adding us as friends on the Nintendo Switch. We appreciate it greatly. Um, it's fun to see what people are playing and to see people pop on like when i are playing Animal Crossing or whatever. Um, our friend codes are in the description of every single episode, so please uh, start adding us. Uh, Mark, do you accept every friend request that comes your way? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, me too. Let's get into what we've been playing this week. So due to some news that we are going to discuss in the news section, thank you very much, Um, I, I dug out my Wii U and started to play Paper Mario Color Splash again. Now, I said again because I did pick it up and play it When it came out originally, I did not finish the game. I got to the point where it, like, really opens up and is like, now you can go after these three or four different, uh, like, giant paint stars. Uh, Got overwhelmed and didn't go back to it Uh, until now and this weekend when I'm motivated to know something about uh, Paper Mario. Um, And I was reminded of all of the reasons that I uh, put the game down in the first place. Um, It is very... It's The game is uh, adorable, the art style is great, um, the writing is very funny, uh, and the game is oozing with charm. Presentationally, no complaints. Um, it's all in like the execution. The game makes you... Uh, the main battle mechanic is you, uh, you're individual moves are cards and so you select the cards on the gamepad using the stylus and then like you decide how much you want to paint them with the paint that you have available and then you had to like put the stylus away so you can like do the timed button press to get like a little extra damage so you're constantly going back and forth and it's really fiddly when all you're trying to do is like knock over two spinies and like get to the next room um, so yeah, I, I put in about an hour, maybe an hour and a half, uh, this weekend. And I think that's going to be it for me, uh, until the new one comes out.
1: Yeah. I have not played, uh, Sticker Star for the 3DS or Color Splash for the Wii U, but I feel like the, like the complaints that you're talking about with Color Splash are really similar to the, uh, stuff that was said about Sticker Star, where it's kind of like the game gets, in, gets in its own way.
0: Yeah, well in like both of those games both games are, you know, they're turn-based combat um based on like a totally uh non-reusable um like a attack te- like when i use a uh, a card to uh make mario hit someone with a hammer that card is done, right? Uh and in Sticker Star same thing, like you use the sticker and then that sticker is gone. Um and there are some things like it just it's so counter to the way i play Uh, Most RPGs where I'm like all of my anything that I can run out of I'm going to hoard and not use up. I'm just going to spam attack for as long as I can. There is no such thing um, in in the these two Paper Mario games. We'll see if the new one is like that. Um, I also spent a little time on Sunday playing Super Mario Maker 2. I just sort of disappeared into a uh, wormhole of endless Mario levels. Um, It was one of those where I I was playing and I was listening to some kind of dumb podcast on my headphones. um, And the the world disappeared behind me. And then eventually, two hours later, uh, Sarah was like, Patrick. And I was like, ugh. (laughs) I I was like, waking from a Mario dream. I don't recommend it necessarily, but it was a
1: <laughs> it was a way to pass the time. Uh, I've been playing still New Super Mario Brothers U, um, making my way through it just a little bit at a time. The last time I played it was with you, and I had a blast. But playing the game yeah. solo instead of in multiplayer is, like, a totally different experience. Just because, yeah, totally. you know, like, you can be, when you're playing with both people, like, In order to get some of the coins, you just like throw somebody at it and you know they're going to die. But it's like, whatever, it doesn't matter as long as the other person can keep going. Like the strategy totally changes. And so I'm enjoying like taking it one level at a time and being like a little bit more methodical. Um, And I'm, I'm really enjoying the game on those terms. I think it's one thing that the new Super Mario Brothers games maybe don't get enough credit for is like how versatile they are and what yeah how different the experience is whether you're playing by yourself or in like multiplayer
0: yeah i I, it, it is amazing that the levels are like they they are big enough to accommodate two three four players um but like yeah it's it is totally comfortable and like like you say way more methodical to have to approach it by yourself um and then you can't just like Throw yourself! You're like, oh yeah, there's a, the coin is under a platform. There, I'll just, I'll, I'll just jump to it. <laughs> right, right. my doom. it doesn't matter. Who cares? <laughs> um, we have both also played a little uh, Tetris ninety nine this weekend. Um, because of course it was the Tetris Maximus for Animal Crossing. Um, I. I, I sent Mark a text because we had uh we declared that we would be best friends and figure and make sure that we both got this thing. Um Mark how how did you do in the Tetris Maximus Cup?
1: Man, it had been a while since I had played Tetris 99 and in the beginning it it took me about like a game or two to warm up. In the beginning it was like rough because I couldn't really remember the controls. Uh I had yeah, it was it was strange, but once I got the rhythm, I actually did pretty good. Like it was probably the fastest that I've gotten the hundred points. Um, yeah, but I loved the Animal Crossing theme. Oh, my God. It's so funny.
0: Like, because, you know, it's it's the Animal Crossing music, which means that it is uh, super chill. And when it gets down to 50 opponents left, it's like, all right, now we're ratcheting up the, the tension to still very chill. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, you get into the top 10, and it's like, oh, now it's the 5 o'clock music, which is also just like... Yeah, I I, no- so I normally play...
1: I normally play in the Splatoon Two theme, and the difference mm. in like uh, the stress level yeah. in the music is so stark. Like Splatoon Two yeah. starts like hard and heavy, and at the end, it's just like ratcheting it up to like uh, insane levels.
0: The uh, oh man, the Splatoon thing is so stressful because um, it does the uh, the final thirty seconds of the Splatoon match uh, music when you get down to the final ten, but like. You know, Splatoon only intends for you to hear that for thirty seconds at a time, and it's like a perfect thirty-second loop. Um, But Tetris 99, no way, man! You can be in the top ten
1: for entire minutes. (laughs) I I loved it. I loved in the Animal Crossing theme how like the Tetris blocks were different. Like, yeah, it was either fruit or like um, I think it was mostly fruit, and then there would be fossils in there as well. Like, I just thought it was really fun. Fossils and fish. Yeah, I mean, it was super cute, and you're just surrounded
0: by the faces of all of the uh, neighbors. And I would get excited when I would find my villagers in there, you know? Um, yeah, uh, what a delight. Speaking of Animal Crossing, uh, Mark, how is your new island?
1: I haven't made any progress. I don't know that I'm ever that I'm going to go back to it. I mean, it is a bold move to nuke your
0: island. Um, <laughs> like... That that That's bold, Mark. I don't know that I'd be able to go back at this point.
1: Well, I mean, I yeah, I, uh, g- I genuinely can't go back. And it, I did solve the problem that people have w- and where I've had in the past where it's like, man, I don't want to turn on Animal Crossing because it's been a year since I've been there. And, you know, like everything's <laughs> going to be run down and people are going to be yeah. mad at me. It's like not an option. Sure. They don't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Which also, I mean, like, if you never turn the game back on again, the characters don't exist, right? Like, they, they don't exist until you turn the game on. Right. <sighs> um, I, I continue to just check in on that game. Um, I have not played yet today, but it is my intention to uh, play tonight. Uh, when we are done recording
1: but maybe that won't happen maybe I'll I'll take a day off you know I saw an article on polygon um that I could definitely relate to which was basically talking about people who you know have put hours and hours and hours into the game and then they decided for one reason or another to um de- to delete their island and possibly start over and you know some of the people in it were talking about how they kind of had this feeling of FOMO where you know they were seeing other people's islands on um, Twitter and, you know, uh, Instagram. And they were like, wow, like mine yeah. is crappy compared to that. And I can, I don't think that's necessarily why I deleted my Island, but I can definitely relate to that. I mean, it was definitely part of it where, you know, like I had my Island and I was like, I don't really like this that much. Like, it's not that cool. It's not that fun. Um, and I feel like I could do better if I started over. And so I had the intention to, and then I actually got into it and was like, Oh, maybe I don't want to start over. But I just thought the article yeah. was interesting because it was like, oh, yeah, like, I can totally relate to that.
0: It, it is interesting because, like, this feels like the first truly, like, social Animal Crossing. I know they all are, right? Um, but, like, that this was the first time that people were sharing things on the, like, level of social media. Um, and so kind of the first time where um, you could be, like, genuinely, like, inspired or intimidated by what other people are doing in the game and like yeah you do see such like elaborate creations from people who are like uh you know turning their island into you know a, a famous location from another video game or um you know someone turned their island into the haunted mansion uh from Disneyland and like all this stuff where it's just like oh but people are playing people are playing this game in ways that like I can't even wrap my brain around um and like the it's such a make your own fun kind of game that when you see other people having a different kind of fun, it can make you start to question the fun that you were having with it. Um, And so like, yeah, that, that, that speaks to me a lot. Uh, Let's see. I guess that's all we've been playing this week. All right, uh, Mark, let's get into, let's get into some new releases and what we
1: might be playing next week. Alright, today, May 19th. The day has come. The Wonderful 101 remastered is released on the Switch eShop. Um, so uh, since I deleted Animal Crossing, my island, anyways, the and Well, I was you know, gonna I, say, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> and you know, I've been playing new Super Mario Brothers U, but I do feel like I'm in this kind of like hunt for the next game that I'm ready to like sink into. And so I was thinking about getting the wonderful 101 remastered. You know, the reviews of the uh, new one are great. The reviews of the original game were great. But the thing that's kind of preventing me from, like, go ahead and doing it is the fact that, like, I am just bad at platinum action games and have never, like, really enjoyed them. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, I do know exactly what you mean.
1: You know, we we did a, an episode
0: many years ago after the Bayonetta uh, collection came out, um, and we both had, like, a hard time getting into it, partially just because, like, you know, Bayonetta's a lot. Um, but, yeah, like you say, just the platinum character action game isn't totally the genre that you and I vibe with uh, best. Um, so, yeah, that's a... Yeah, I, I wish I wish I had, like, some advice or some
1: some counsel I, for you here. Yeah, I wish I had a demo. Like, I really wish, and I, I know it's 40 bucks, so it's, like, discounted. But still, like, I wish it had a demo because, obviously, based on the mechanics where there's all these little, like, guys running around that you're controlling as a horde, um, it's not exactly, like, a one-to-one Bayonetta yeah. game. But it just, everybody talked about, kind of, about, like, the complexity and, like, how, like, it can be really difficult and the boss battles can take, like you know, half an hour, 45 minutes. And that, I don't know. It's just not really what I'm like looking for. But at yeah. the same time, I'm like, maybe I should check it out. And maybe if I did, I would, you know, like end up liking it. Hmm. What well, give us a demo. Do? I feel like that's what it comes down to. <laughs> is give us a demo. A demo. <laughs> okay. um, uh, and then on Wednesday, May 20th, we're getting some new SNES and NES games for the Switch Online program. For the SNES, out of nowhere, out of nowhere yeah, we're getting yeah. um, panelled upon, which uh, has never been localized to North America before. So it's like the Puyo Puyo game that came, that uh, was available at launch, where it's still in Japanese. Um, but you're saying that it's basically like Tetris Attack.
0: Yeah, my understanding is that it is basically like Tetris attack where you are just uh flipping like tiles around and matching them up and um it's supposed to be a very good game uh so I'm I'm interested
1: in checking it out and you know having a new puzzle game obsession. Also on the SNES Switch online is Logic Bomb and Wild Guns.
0: Wild Guns is like a like a run and gun like side scrolling arcade style like shooter um i am definitely going to
1: at least play that for 10 minutes (laughs) (laughs) and then on the nes switch online we're getting rygar which is a game that i haven't played but was another one that people seemed like pretty excited about or there were people saying like you should check this out like if you've never played it before um because i feel like when all these games get announced myself included i'm always looking for donkey kong country you know what i mean like i'm always looking yeah. for those big headliners and so it was nice to have people being like no 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 like rygar's good like you should check out these games like they're worth your time
0: yeah i mean i i th- i think that there there definitely are games on here uh, like just with uh Penel Dupont and uh rygar that are worth checking out um but, yeah, it does, I mean, every time new games are announced, it is sort of like, the, okay, but, like, where are the big ones that we're missing here, and why aren't yeah. they here? Um, but, you know, it, it's it's always cool to get uh, new games for a service that, um, you know, like, I, I didn't mention it in the games we've been playing, but I played a little bit of um, Super Mario Brothers 2 over the weekend, and, like, you know, it's it's just a fun, cool thing that I have access to and that I don't have to, like, sweat whether I have it or not. It's just there on the Nintendo Switch Online.
1: And then on Thursday, May 21st, uh, Monster Prom XXL comes out, which I have already pre-ordered.
0: Oh, wonderful. <gasps> Mark, we should play together. Can't? Can we play online? Uh, so you can in the PC version. I don't know if you can in the, um. So, but this is a a dating simulator, a dating game, a competitive, uh, dating game where uh you're in high school with monsters uh, and you try to take them to prom. And the writing is beautiful uh, and very, very like funny and uh, smart. Um. So yeah, i I'm I'm so excited for this thing to come. To Switch, uh, and especially in the XXL package that has all the DLC and stuff. Um, it, it, I'm really excited.
1: Yeah. How does the, like, because you can do couch co-op, right? Yeah. So how, how does it work? Like, what makes it competitive?
0: So, well, I, I like competitive in that I believe only one of you actually gets to go to prom with the, the person that you're romancing um and it also means that like so there are times uh like every day there's a a lunch scene um so you go into the cafeteria and there are only so many tables or only so many seats available at each table so like if i go before you um and i i sit at the table like to block you from like hanging out with the werewolf or whatever then you know that can bring down your chances of being able to
1: romance the werewolf so are you hand is it like Asynchronous multiplayer? Like, are you taking turns, like, handing off the control?
0: No- it, it, yeah, it's it's a little bit like that. Yeah, I mean, in, in that, like, uh, it is one person's turn to, like, interact with uh, the, the monsters and choose where they're going uh, and all of that. And at the beginning of every round, um, you can either randomize the turns or it, like, makes up a, a question where it's just like, okay, everyone, uh, everyone names a movie. Um, and then, like, uh, now whoever, you know, would have had, like, the the funny the movie with like the most sequels uh gets to go first you know in the next round so like it makes you play these sort of like word games and they're usually funnier and smarter than uh what i just ad lib there um but yeah the the game's great and is so su- such a good um like social experience uh and even for people who don't really play games um like it's just a fun funny time and then also on thursday what the golf is released yeah, that was a that was an Apple Arcade game um that was like a uh, sort of physics-based uh wacky golf thing um that turns into uh something else uh, I don't totally know. Every time uh, people would talk about this game, they would say like, oh, it's really better you know, experience than um, me telling you about it. And then I never experienced it. So I'm afraid I can't even tell you. I, I can only tell you that it is better
1: <laughs> experiencing it than telling you what someone told me about it. <laughs> and then finally, we weren't sure, but it was true. Elder Scroll Blades did release last week on the eShop. Very good. and. Y- and you picked it up of course <laughs> i mean you who's to say
0: <laughs> uh, i mean I, I think i could say
1: you know you did not <laughs> all right <laughs> well let's close out the new releases
0: Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 4.33. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 4.33, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo, so for the duration of one performance of 4.33, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece... Mark, you have selected today's topic, uh, and it is based on something I have not stopped talking about. Um, I recently watched all 26 James Bond movies, which means I also watched the 1967 Casino Royale and the, uh, Sean Connery is back as a knockoff James Bond, uh, never say never again from 1983, the same year as Octopussy (laughs) starring Roger Moore, (laughs) um, so I have finished all these movies uh and I was watching one a day every weekday uh until I was done with them and now that I am done with them I miss them I miss that routine.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That that's such like a fun thing to do. My a uh, years ago my friend and I tried to do the same thing and I think we got through The Man with the Golden Gun and we were and mm-hmm. I just I couldn't I couldn't take it anymore. Roger Moore broke me. Actually, the Hick Sheriff broke me. I just couldn't do it.
0: J.W. Pepper, if you are not familiar with the Roger Moore era of James Bond, he's in the first two... He, two! He's in two movies! Um, and, like, the first one makes sense because, like, uh, in Live and Let Die, they're, like, in Louisiana or, mm-hmm. or somewhere. Um, right. Where there's, like, a swamp and, like, the Hick Sheriff is actually, you know, with a giant ball of tobacco in his mouth the whole time. Um, and, like, it's... Uh, Like, it is just hard to watch this guy. Um, And then also, you know, live and let die is racist for a a number of other reasons. Um, But then he shows up again in um, the next movie, Man with the Golden Gun, in, like, Thailand or something. Like, he and his wife are on vacation. And he's just shoehorned in there. And, man, (laughs) is it awful.
1: It's like they loved the character so much that they were like, this guy's got to come back. We just got to find a way to bring him back. So, okay.
0: In the, the movie after, after that, um, which is The Spy Who Loved Me, um, the, it, that features the, the like henchman villain Jaws. Um, and I actually appreciate that uh, between that movie and Moonraker, they bring Jaws back. So like you got two movies in a row with J.W. Pepper, and then you got two movies with Jaws. And Jaws in the first one that he's in a spy who loved me is just like uh unstoppable muscle uh, and he's got metal teeth. So like, it's ridiculous that he needs to get so close to you that he can bite you. <laughs> <dart> you. <laughs> But it's a conceit, and they stick to it, and, like, you got to respect that. Um, But in Moonraker, he just keeps surviving. So, like, he's in a gondola that crashes, uh, and it's like, oh, he surely died there. No, he did not die there. (laughs) He's in a boat that goes over an an enormous waterfall. Oh, he probably died there. Did not die there. (laughs) Then they're up in a space station, and first of all, he finds love on this space station, which is ridiculous. (laughs) Um, uh, and then he turns on the bad guy, like it, it fights with James Bond, uh, and then comes crashing down to earth, like in a shuttle with his new girlfriend and survives that.
1: <laughs> how was, you've got to tell me how was Quantum of Solace? Oh, well, I guess we'll never know.
0: Boy, that's disappointing. Uh, I, I just want to say that I really like Quantum of Solace and the song at the beginning of it, the, uh, Jack White, um. I forget the woman who's singing it with him. Uh, uh, it's called uh, n- n- uh, n- Another Way to Die, Another Day. To- something, something, something about dying. Um, that song rules. I love it so much. <laughs> um, but that was it. That's we were accompanied today by the EBU Your Radio Orchestra. All right, Mark, let's get into the news.
1: Well, of course, the biz- big news from last week is that Nintendo. Uh, Stealth announced Paper Mario, The Origami King, a brand new Paper Mario game coming in just two short months on July 17th.
0: Outrageous. This is coming so soon. So, Mark, you looking for like another game to play, like another media experience to like sink your fingers into. uh, This could be that very soon.
1: Yeah, I'm really, really, really excited for this. Um, I love the original Paper Mario. I love Thousand Year Door. Um, I didn't love Super Paper Mario, but, uh, you know, like, I, Super Paper Mario for me was kind of, you were, what you were describing for Color Splash, where it's just like, I love like the aesthetic and I love the writing and like all of that mm. held true through all of it, but just like the gameplay, it, it wasn't, it didn't, it got a little too like futsy and just like in its own way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I, I am worried that that is what we're going to see with this game. But it did it's it seemed like they were really in the trailer anyway, really putting forth a lot of um like cool little actiony moments, you know, like uh there's uh Mario like driving through the desert in like a a, a dune buggy thing that's made of a boot. Um they're like going down a log ride looking thing. Like it, it it seems like there's enough cool action-based stuff happening that like I hope the game is fun and varied and not too futsy.
1: Yeah, totally. And it, it's surprising for a game and maybe not that surprising, but it's surprising to me that a game that's only two months away, you know, we got this first trailer, but we still know basically nothing about. Um, yeah, you know, totally. We don't, the only thing we know about the battle system is what people have been able to glean from, like, Game Explain. You know, um, it looks like it's more traditional turn-based, turn-based. RPG with, like, a new mechanic where you have to, like, align enemies in, like, concentric circles. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah, it it looks like there are are circles that surround Mario. And, like, the idea is that the enemies placed on the circle, you just line them up so that you can hit them, you know, hit multiple enemies with a single attack. Um, And that that is, uh, like, a time-based, like, puzzle sort of puzzle-solving sort of thing. Um, and, yeah, like, again, I, I hope that that is not something that's going to get, like, too futzy and, like, I, I hope it's something that, like, when you're leveled up enough
1: that you can just, like, plow through and be like, I don't know, spin these rings around. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. Or that it's, like, so much fun that you're like, yeah, yes. like, great, I want to spin these things around more. Um, it's developed by Intelligent Systems, who is also, you know, has developed all the other games in the franchise. Also, the developer or, I guess, like, steward of the Fire Emblem series, uh, in, like, a VentureBeat article about this, they, um, the author mentioned that, uh, like, Intelligent Systems only oversaw Tecmo Koei, uh, who did the actual production of Fire Emblem Three Houses, which was the first time that I had heard that, um, which I thought was really interesting, because I assumed that Fire Emblem Three Houses was so big that they were, like, all in on it and yeah. so it was kind of a surprise to me that like that apparently was maybe not true
0: um yeah it's, it's interesting i i saw the uh um i, I was looking at intelligence systems um wikipedia today um and saw that uh it that three houses had been co-developed um with uh tecmo um but yeah i guess uh if I, so, uh, like, I wonder what the the actual relationship between the studios was, because um, obviously Three Houses was cooking for a long time, um, and like, isn't uh didn't uh Koei Tecmo also uh develop the Fire Emblem Warriors?
1: Oh, uh, that I that sounds right. I think they like are kind of like the Dynasty Warrior people, but I yeah. can't remember for sure. Neither can I. <laughs>
0: But yeah, I mean it's just, you know, uh basically just to say that like yeah, Fire Emblem 3 Houses is less than a year old at this point, which is that true?
1: Yeah, cuz uh it'll it'll wow. actually it'll actually be so Fire Emblem 3 Houses came out in July of 2019. So this will be released almost a year exactly after wow. like the last intelligence systems produced game was. Um
0: but Intelligent Systems is frequently a prolific studio, right? Like, they put out a lot of Fire Emblem games. They've put out all of the Paper Mario. And I guess this is, like, the sixth game in, you know, 20 years or whatever. Um, so that's not too much. But, like, you know, they they always
1: have uh, – they, they're always putting games out. Sure. Um, because it is a Paper Mario game, of course, it has, like – uh art style that's a mix of like paper mario but because it's introducing origami there's origami in there and like other paper craft
0: yeah it's it's interesting um it's there are parts of it that do start to look like uh yoshi's crafted world um, that like some of the environments look a little bit more um, like cardboardy or they just have like a little bit more dimension to them, uh, especially when we see like all the, the big paper mache things. Um, like there's a Goomba who's like enormous and like has all this dimension to him. And I don't know if that's just like advanced origami or if
1: it's like a yet another kind of paper um, at, at play here. Uh, the battle system, like we mentioned, seems to be turn-based. Uh, but it's the like I guess like uh feature this time is these r- rotating dials where enemies are placed on them, and seemingly you're there's a mechanic where you're trying to line line the enemies up to get bonuses and things like that, yeah, positional um and you know like one of the things that people are excited about and which hasn't been confirmed other than like, look, everything in the trailer is like two second snippets. And I think we've seen one two second snippet of a battle. Um, but in apparently in like the Chinese, uh, paper Mario origami yeah. King trailer, there's like a toad companion, which people are hoping means that there's that like the return of, um, companions in battle is part of this. Mm. Um I mean it, it, it is interesting like the uh,
0: even the um the trailer that we saw um Mario is accompanied by
1: uh, like a little origami uh spirit or something. Right. It's like and, the pr- it's like the princess or like the king's sister oh, okay. or like something like that. Sure. King sister, um, the
0: origami King's sister, um, and also like a folded up Bowser. So he's just like a square and you can tell that the rest of Bowser has been like folded behind him. Um, so like, it does seem like there is a, a party system here.
1: It's not just Mario. So I'm, I'm really excited for this. I'm really excited to see this reveal and that it's coming two months out. Um, I, it's been so long, you know, since I've played a Paper Mario game. I'm really excited for the opportunity to, like, kind of jump back into that world.
0: Yeah, me too. And also, like, I, I, whether, whether Nintendo games have gotten just better in the Switch era or whether it is just more enjoyable to play games on my Switch, um, whatever it is, I'll take it. Like, <laughs> if, if this game is of a similar quality to uh, Color Splash but we're playing it on Switch, like, that
1: may be enough to make it uh, good enough for me to play. Yeah, so uh, the very end of the trailer got people talking because you know, like get into it, Let's yeah, get like, into so, it, Mark. Let's so so do all it. all of the clips in the trailer were really short, like just a couple so seconds, short. and then at the very end, they like linger on this moment where Mario is wearing a big, oversized, like it basically takes up, it's bigger than his body, like um, paper mache Samus helmet uh from the Metroid series and he's like walking back and forth a little bit and the uh, uh Origami King's sister you know is like speaking to the camera saying uh I can't remember something like snappy It's like
0: that's not something you see every day. Right. And yeah, so it has people right.
1: wondering like <laughs> They're, we're looking for secret messages basically this is reggie we wearing a samus yes. pin all over again or like a mother pin yeah where we're like That's we're right. trying to like read the tea leaves and uh hope beyond hope that there's something metroid coming soon
0: well okay let's let's do it let's uh let's Let's dig in, let us uh, take every scrap of information that we have here, combine it with the scraps of information that we <laughs> have from from previous rumors, and let's try to, like, drill down into what is almost certainly not going to be objective truth. Um, so... The fact that there is a new Paper Mario game coming out lends some sort of credence to the rumors that we were hearing a couple weeks ago that in uh, celebration of Mario's 35th anniversary, Nintendo was going to do two things. One, put out uh, either remakes or collections or something for uh, 3D Mario games, and two, put out a new Paper Mario so the paper Mario has been confirmed. That part of the rumor is yes, and is correct. Um, what does this mean for the validity of the uh, Mario
1: three D collections? I mean, I was always on board. I I am ready for that to be true. I think it makes a ton of sense. Um, yeah, we 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 got Connor's email from a few weeks ago where he, you Great know, point. like there was like a uh, an audition for what could very well be a commercial around Mario's 35th anniversary. Like to me, it makes a ton of sense. Um, So yeah, at this point I'm all in. Okay. So Mark is all in confirmed. We're going to take
0: that to the bank. Um, There was another part of, or perhaps a separate rumor. I don't know if it was ever connected to the um, paper Mario uh, thing, but there was a rumor of a new 2d Metroid game um, coming to switch. Uh, now, the fact that we have seen a samus helmet in this uh, and then uh with a comment about you don't see that every day uh does that
1: does that lend any uh, fuel to this for you so i so I, I think you're right that this was not like really this is a separate rumor that's been persistent for a while, but I don't think was like ever mentioned in the same uh breath necessarily as like the Mario stuff um I do believe this is coming because I think Samus Returns was successful, and I think it would be weird to just, like, have Mercury Steam make that one game that did well and then never, like, do anything with it again. Especially, you know, we have, like, Metroid Prime 4 coming at some point. Um, So, this would not surprise me. Is it coming this year? I wouldn't even begin to guess at this point.
0: Yeah. I mean, so one thing that uh this has me thinking I'm going to get let's let's open this up um a, a little bit wider um because it is it is sort of weird to get uh, an announcement like this uh, and then the game coming out 2 months later um But I think some of that is probably that they had either intended to reveal this in a Nintendo Direct uh, that was either canceled or delayed. Um, And so, like, they just have to get the information out now because the game is due out in a couple months. Um, And, like... I think we have seen a couple parts of what would have been a Nintendo Direct uh, leak, not leak out, but actually be released um, over the course of the last week. Um, The new uh, SNES and NES switch online uh, games um, would have fit comfortably into a uh, Nintendo direct. Uh, There was a like longer trailer for uh, clubhouse games um, that sort of detailed all uh, all of, all of the games and just like was another close look at them that would have been that would have fit nicely in another nintendo direct and maybe just missing whatever big thing that they were going to uh show off uh they were like oh we can't really make this a direct so like pushing out the separate videos and then like if that is the case if there was a direct i could then also believe that there was a Metroid game that they were going to reveal and use the Paper Mario thing as like a lead into it, uh, or you know something fun like that.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, uh, there was in articles about this. Um, Venture Beat basically said as much, where they were like, you know, Nintendo. Previously, they had reported that Nintendo had a direct for January for June that they were planning to reschedule for later in the summer. And now they're basically just like, we have no idea when a new direct is going to be. So, you know, third-party games. and I, I feel like third-party games, especially like the smaller ones, are probably the biggest. I feel like that when, that uh, with the release of the trailer for The Origami King, and we saw that it like mm-hmm. exploded on YouTube um, and on social media, like... I think Nintendo can get away without doing a direct. I think who really kind of like it hurts to not have a direct are those smaller third-party games or like indie titles that would really that really benefit from that spotlight. Yeah, from, from being
0: like buoyed up by the Nintendo stuff. Yeah, it, I mean, because it, it, it's tough. There's so many things going on this summer that are like meant to showcase games that like it kind of all just you know, becomes a sludge of, like, here's all, you know, when you spread E3 out over uh, four months, um, it doesn't feel super special, I guess, um, and, yeah, can totally make it hard for um,
1: smaller games to be uh, featured or, or spotlighted. So, if we have the um, the Mario games, assuming those are coming, um, mm-hmm. we have... Uh, Origami King, a new Paper Mario game. And then the the third part of this that has kind of been rumored a lot, and again, VentureBeat just straight up said that it was coming soon, is Pikmin 3 Deluxe. Right, uh, and Pikmin 3,
0: uh, th- that's starting to round out the like final edges of the um, Wii U games that have not been ported over to Switch yet, uh, especially if uh, 3D World is part of the either collection or like re-releases. Um but yeah it's uh it's a lot of ports, right? Like if if we're looking at um Xenoblade, if we're looking at um Pikmin Three and uh there was another one. <laughs> oh and, and uh Mario three D world. Um yeah it's 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 a lot of not like brand new stuff which makes me a little like uh eh, you know we we could really use some like new energy here um but you know that that those would all be good things to see come over to the switch
1: and I also think that th- um that is not all everything or was certainly not planned to be yeah. everything Because um, i I do think we're still missing potentially, like, the big holiday game. I don't think it would be the 3D remasters. Um, Yeah. Although, maybe it will be now. I I don't know. I I just feel like, you know, probably Nintendo had more in the works, and potentially still has more in the works that will be revealed for this year, but that all of those plans are a little bit up in the air. Yeah. And that, uh, yeah, it it just kind of, like, remains to be seen. It's gonna be really interesting. Does... Let me ask you this. Does
0: Paper Mario and the Origami King, Paper Mario, colon, the Origami King, does that feel like it is occupying a little bit the same space as the Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening last year? That, like, it is a game that is garnering a lot of attention from like the Nintendo enthusiast crowd, but is maybe something that Nintendo didn't quite have like the scale of it in mind that they were viewing it as more of like a second tier release. And
1: we're all like,
0: Oh my God, uh, we're going back to Koholint.
1: Yeah. I Uh, think it's, I think it's a hundred percent like a fan to a degree. I think it's a hundred percent like where fans are super, super excited. And then the mainstream, it does well, you know, like I think, um, Link's Awakening has sold th- like four million copies, like over four million copies, which is great, right? Like that's really good, but is n- yeah, you know, totally not like a phenomenon. Um, like Luigi's Mansion Three so- has sold more than that, and so I I, I do think the Paper Mario fits in that same space where it's like I think it's gonna do well. Nintendo games on the Switch do well, and but I definitely I don't think it's probably yeah like a even a Fire Emblem Three houses. Maybe a little bit better because it's Mario and a little bit more accessible. Yeah. But um, I, I think you're spot on. Uh, turning away t- from uh, what could be happening from speculation, uh, a Nintendo Treehouse rep revealed last week that the original voice cast for Xenoblade Chronicles returned to voice their characters in the brand new epilogue. That'll be included in the re-release called Future Connected. Um, also interesting tidbit that came out of this. That Monolith Soft redid all of the lip sync for this version of the game. Uh, which is
0: is maybe all just to like uh, uh, really hammer home the fact that I did... Look, I did not uh, minutes ago say that's a lot of ports. I don't think this game is a port. I think that they really did this game like it is a a graphical overhaul built from the ground up um you know in the last couple weeks i've seen a lot of different like comparison videos Um, where they're like, here's how the game looked when it was running on Wii, and here's how it looked when it was running on the new 3DS. And yes, it ran on the new 3DS. Um, And those, like, you could argue which one looks better. Uh, Sometimes the Wii one looks better, sometimes the 3DS one looks better. Um, But then the Switch version, it's like leaps and bounds. It looks like a modern-ish game. Um, Like, it looks beautiful, and a lot of the... um, sort of like even designs have been overhauled so that instead of doing that, like trying to look human but falling short because of the technical limitations, um, they're sort of leaning into the more like uh, anime style of Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And I think it looks all the better for it, Um, more colorful, more expressive. Uh, Like I'm worried that I am interested in this game now.
1: (laughs) I'm excited. I would love for you to pick it up and uh, let, let me know how it goes. Um, I completely and totally forgot that this was a new 3DS exclusive game. Yeah.
0: Well, one of one of two or three, right? Like there's yeah, there, uh, was maybe like a uh,
1: binding of Isaac and uh, maybe like a monster hunter game, and like that was it. I, I, I feel like you're right, where this doesn't feel so much like a port, partly because it's from, you know, like it's been over 10 years, probably. Yeah, For, it's been. A long or time. I, I guess I don't know. Maybe not ten years, but it's been a while since this game. Um, probably came out in like 2011 or 2010, because it was part of Operation Rainfall. So like, I'm pretty sure this game was a when it finally did come over was a GameStop or Nintendo online store exclusive. You know, like it was in so few people's hands, and it was from the Wii era. It wasn't even in HD, and so to have it on like this system, like yeah. It's a chance for so many more people to experience it, even more than something like a Wii U port. So, in that way, I think it's like really cool to see it happen. Uh,
0: Mark, you're about to forgive yourself because the game originally released in Japan in 2010, and then went to Europe in 2011, and then North America in 2012.
1: Wow, wow. So, forgive yourself. <laughs> Uh, as demonstrated in the Clubhouse Games 51 Worldwide Classics video that dropped uh, just this week, local multiplayer is supported with a single game cart for a number of games, Um, meaning if you have multiple Switches but only one copy of the game, uh, up to four people can play together via like the free multiplayer app, which I'm pretty sure you get from the eShop. Everybody downloads yep. it for free, and then the one person with the game cart can like kick off a game and everybody's able to participate together. Um
0: very good, very smart. I wish more Nintendo games would support this. Um Mario Party for one. My Super Mario Party w- is uh, a game that I do like, um but there you know there's a mode where you can like put two switches together. Yes, that's exactly, exactly what I was thinking of you need two copies of the game for that, which is just insanity. Um, so, like, I get why they don't do it for Mario Kart. I get why they don't do it for Smash. Um, but some something like this uh, Clubhouse game, something like Mario Party, if there's ever a multiplayer like WarioWare or something, like, they should all have this uh, free multiplayer thing.
1: Uh, one of the things we talked about last week was how, like, Nintendo's mobile gaming... Um, revenue had like increased by 10% year over year. And for a while, you know, like we were talking about new mobile games coming out fairly often this past summer. You know, you had uh, Dr. Mario World and Mario Kart Tour. There were rumors of some sort of like Zelda game in the works, but really like uh, it's been a while since Mario Kart Tour that we've really heard anything about new mobile uh, Nintendo games. And uh, during the financial results conference call last week, Nintendo president Shintaro Furukawa said that they are continuing to develop new applications, but they're not looking to release it at, like, the cadence that they were previously.
0: Interesting. Um, do do we think that's just because they're not seeing the kind of, like, return on their investment there, or is it that they don't necessarily need it with the Switch doing as well as it is? Yeah,
1: I wonder, because, you know, when they, uh, they were under so much pressure during the Wii U era to turn to mobile games, and, you know, I think they found, like, a steady groove with a few of the games that have, like, really taken off, but... I also wonder, you know, they were all in in the beginning with that partnership. And I think they actually bought part of DNA. Um, And I wonder how that has worked out for them. Or because, you know, not... Like, I think Dr. Mario World was developed in partnership with Line, another Japanese company. Like, I I wonder if, you know, with the success of the Switch... and
0: Dragalia Lost, too, right, was developed,
1: uh, yeah, by uh, another company as well. Yeah, so I I wonder if you're right that with the success of the Switch, they're under so much less pressure. It gives them more time to, like, maybe rethink it or at least space it out.
0: Yeah, well, and I mean, I think the, like, the fact of the matter is, like, they have one mega hit from their, uh, and it's uh, Fire Emblem Heroes. Um, And all the rest of the games have, like, uh, either performed well enough or underperformed. Um, So, like... I, I think there's probably a, a part of them that are like, okay, like we tried this and to make games the way we make games, uh, the misses are going to be more likely than the hits. Yeah, um, And then, you know, when when Animal Crossing sells like 15 million copies, it's like, well, you know, why, why bother with a mobile version?
1: Yeah, I think Tor is probably, maybe it's a little too early to say, but I think Mario Kart Tor is maybe like the other one that has done really mm-hmm. well for them. Um, to your point, I think what's interesting is, uh, in the conference call, Furukawa said that they, uh, we are looking at the continuation of our mobile business as a way to make active use of Nintendo IP in the interest of maximizing the entirety of Nintendo's business. So, it you know they talk, they've talked a lot about IP expansion, and you see that with like unique low clothing lines and a Super Mario movie, and and maybe we're seeing them think about the mobile IP. Or the mobile games like more in that vein. Yeah. Hey, Nintendo, again, this is an idea I will keep
0: pitching is that either the Switch Online app or just a separate app should allow me to stream the music from any game that I'm playing that has a music player in the game. If I've unlocked that song, let me stream it to my phone.
1: I would pay additional money for that functionality. Like I would, would pay I. like like five bucks every month to be able to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, oh my gosh, if I could play all of everything, all the music I've unlocked in Smash, in Super Mario Galaxy, like, come on!
1: Well, it's interesting because, you know, like, Nintendo, you can find a lot of compilations on YouTube, or a lot of game music on YouTube, and Nintendo every so often goes through and, like, purges, basically, you know, and, like, shuts a lot of those down, but I feel like, and that's fair, it's, you know, they own the copyright, it is... like they're within their rights to do that. But I feel like the other part of that is like help make it available because clearly there is a like desire for that. Yeah. A huge market for it.
0: Um, and like if, uh, if, if you're connecting it to your, like having played the games or, um, you know, man, if I could play like animal crossing music on demand, like I'd be doing that too. You know, like it's, it's, it's all, uh, it's, all worth it like and i think people are um becoming we'll get to another uh news story in a little bit but like i think that uh a new generation of uh gamers is like getting uh these pieces of nintendo music like ingrained in in their hearts and like if they can play them through uh you know official channels uh they will
1: Last week, Epic Games and PlayStation partnered to show off a demo of Unreal Engine 5 in action, running on PlayStation 5 hardware. Um, It's a demo that was supposed to have been playable at uh, GDC, but of course that has been canceled. But while the demo was shown off on a uh, PlayStation 5, Epic CEO Tim Sweeney told Eurogamer that the engine would run on all other platforms, including the Switch. So, like uh, Unreal Engine 4, Unreal Engine 5 will—actually, I'm not sure. Did Unreal Engine 4 out-of-the-box work with Switch, or did they have to—they must have had to do an update. But Unreal Engine 5 will, out-of-the-box, work with Switch.
0: Um, Which is not to suggest that the demo that they showed off uh, in this, like, GDC thing would be playable uh, on, on, not that it would run the way it does on the PS5 as it does on on Switch, uh, but just that the, like, architecture, the engine... Uh, will work with switch which is encouraging because it does seem like it is a powerful set of tools and if people are creating things with that powerful set of tools and you can just like you know bring those sliders down so it can run on switch um that's and i know it's more
1: complicated than that (laughs) Um, (laughs) i mean i'm not sure i've never done it myself
0: (laughs) Uh, but but it's just it's encouraging uh it makes me think that we will probably see um more uh Maybe not more cross-platform development, but not a drop-off in it um, if everyone is able to use uh, Unreal 5.
1: Right, and Unreal Engine 5, you know, it, they are upfront saying it's not going to release until 2021, like fall 2021. And, um, you know, so even if it's not, I guess the way I think about it is like, even if we don't see Switch games necessarily running on Unreal Engine 5, I do wonder if whatever this like follows the switch how we are now seeing more um ports of older games that you know they were released yeah. on playstation 4 a year or two ago and then they come over to switch if that means that the same thing will be true of playstation 5 and whatever the switch successor is like it'll yeah. be able to keep that same momentum going
0: yeah um and one of the other things that uh, uh about unreal engine 5 is that it was Like compatible or upscalable from an Unreal Engine 4. So people working in the game now or in the engine now will be able to just upgrade to the new system and uh, then just like start to incorporate new stuff, which, uh, you know, again is uh, such a um, like, developer-friendly, you know, method of, um, especially for ongoing service games and stuff like that. Uh, so, it, it's just very exciting to see, like, a, um, a continuity between, like, these generations, especially as um, Nintendo is just, like, within uh, a console generation, that um, there's just more continuity here,
1: and I think that's, I think that's super rad and very exciting. Uh, Last week or a couple of weeks ago, we talked about EVO, the fighting game tournament that's normally held every summer in Las Vegas, recently announced that due to COVID-19, they were going to be taking the event online. Um, But last week, we got a little more details on that. And I don't know if, Patrick, you want to run us through it?
0: Sure. So it was announced that they are doing EVO online. Um, which, I- instead of taking place over a single weekend, is going to be over five weekends in July. Um, and the lineup is a little bit different. Uh, first thing to note is that, you know, while all of these events are going to be held online, there's no more in-person in uh, I think. Actually, it's a little bit unclear uh, what exactly all this is going to be. But Super Smash Brothers Ultimate will not be featured in the tournament this year, which is uh, why we're sort of bringing it up here. Uh, Smash Ultimate it was a big part uh or was planned to be a big part of the tournament this year um but as the whole thing is going online it is now no longer
1: yeah i think it's a uh, kind of like inf- unfortunate indictment of that games like online experience so possibly um
0: because the the other thing um evo online Uh, said like they had this video it said they would feature special exhibitions and content from and then it's all of the uh games that were originally announced minus super smash brothers so uh dragon ball fighter z grand blue fantasy versus samurai showdown soul Calibur 6 street fighter 5 champion edition uh tekken 7 and under night in birth exe um so (laughs) um so it it's, it doesn't say that they're holding, like, regular tournaments for them. Mm. I think it'll probably be, um, like, a uh, just a winner's bracket, like, just a, you know, eight-person uh, bracket that they play out. And those may actually be in-person matches. Like, you know, we, we discussed on a previous episode that they could do, uh, like, socially distant, responsible ways of doing this if it's just a couple people um, in, like, a giant ballroom and, like, you know, ha- keeping their space and wearing masks and stuff. um. But they're, they're, uh, so for all of these games, I could see the publishers having new content that they want to, uh, like advertise at this time. So special exhibitions and content, um, could mean a lot of things that aren't just tournaments. And, well, like they could knock off the Soul Calibur 6 tournament because they've got a new character to reveal, um, Nintendo not going to reveal a DLC character for smash at Evo. Like that's not going to happen. Um, one of the other things that's being added here, there are going to be uh open tournaments um for uh, uh a couple games that were not in the original lineup, including Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath, Killer Instinct, Skull Girl's Second Encore. And it's great to see Skull Girl, uh Skull Girl's in there, um and them's fighting herds uh which is like a My Little Pony fighter basically, <laughs> um but so these are open uh to the public um registration will be open at some point. Check out uh, Evo Online's. Um, twitter account for more information about that Um, and then they are also doing a uh, marvel versus capcom 2 special invitational tournament and that's one that they specifically call out that was in the original lineup uh, marvel versus capcom 2 and this is one where they are specifically saying that they are doing a tournament which is what leads me to believe that we are probably not going to see full-fledged tournaments for the other seven or eight games
1: yeah, that makes that's really interesting. That makes a lot of sense. I I think it's cool, and maybe it is something that they've done in the past. But I like the idea of like, by virtue of them going online, they're able to have these uh open tournaments that maybe yeah. in a way they wouldn't have before.
0: Yeah. Well, and uh, especially when it comes to. Um, I, I don't know what the net code is like for uh, Mortal Kombat 11 and Killer Instinct, but Skullgirls and Them's fighting Herds uh, both use GGPO, which is uh, a kind of fighting game online code that uh, uses, like, predictive behavior, so it knows what you're about to enter before you enter it, and if... Uh, it's it's basically magic um, and makes the online experience for both of those games way, way, way smoother than it should be. Um, and it is possible because there are, like, fewer configurations of stuff. Um, like, it's something that you would be physically impossible to apply to Smash Brothers, even if the netcode worked the way it was supposed to, right? Um, so, like, I wonder if, uh, if Mortal Kombat and Killer Instinct are also have good online experiences, and that's why they're part of this uh, uh, like open um, tournament Um, because it really is tricky to do a a fighting game tournament where everyone is playing online.
1: Uh, Another big change is that the event's going to take place over five weekends in July. Um, Yep. So just like, you know, like with E3 being gone, you get like everything gets stretched out and uh, thus to Evo online. Uh yeah, I I mean I I'm excited to check out the schedule when they finally
0: post it. Um I am uh the uh, of the open uh games. The only one that I like play is Skullgirls and it's been a little bit um but I'm thinking about it. Like I'm thinking it would be fun to like get in fighting shape in Skullgirls
1: and like get knocked out in the first round. That sounds like fun <laughs> to me. Uh yeah, I mean what a cool experience to be able to participate. Yeah. And finally, if you haven't seen the video yet, you should check it out on YouTube. Nintendo released a video of uh the musicians who perform the Animal Crossings New Horizon theme song performing it from home. Um, it's very fun. It's uh yeah. it, and it's cool to see like the musicians behind it. Like the guy who plays the trumpet is like a complete beast.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it's it it's incredible to uh like And this is, you know, maybe an obvious statement, but it's great to see the individuals playing the instruments and like, associating them with the textures like when you're playing a game it's so often just like a wall of sound um and uh it's easy to forget that um Nintendo does such a great job of uh writing music and arranging music where the parts are clear and like you can hear that flugelhorn and you can hear the ukulele and you can hear like the accordion and seeing it all um is just so charming and wonderful um and you know like like I mentioned before like uh, this, this piece of music, um, hearing it, uh, made me feel something like I'm connected to it now. And, you know, judging by my Twitter timeline, there's a bunch of you who are connected to this piece of music now.
1: Yeah. It really made me appreciate like the artistry. I think sometimes we talk about, you know, we're like, we're a Nintendo show and we talk about Nintendo as like a monolithic entity. And it makes you appreciate that, like the, individual people who make like who all the work that goes into it and like what a collective it is and like how each person is so immensely talented separately because you know like you turn on animal crossing and you hear the theme song and i never gave a second thought to you know like the performers who like work together to make it possible so like i i really like that part of it as well like the humanization of the machine
0: yeah, it's 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 a it's a totally wholesome experience. Uh one hundred percent check it out. Um all right, Mark, that's gonna do it for the news. Let's wrap this up. That's gonna do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, please share it wherever you share stuff. We like it when you do that. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nin Cart Society. You can also check out the Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape at Betty. You can get more of his music by going to Ape or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thank you for listening.